You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Inspiring women, bold vision, and powerful insights to help you use speaking to build a thriving business. This is Speaker Success Podcast, brought to you by Women Speakers Association. Now, for today's show. And welcome to another episode of Speaker Success Podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen and creator of podcastingwithpurpose.com podcast training. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you want to build a reputation where you're recognized as an expert in your field, so much so that you become a top sought after speaker? Well, today you're going to find out how, because joining me on today's show is Desiree Aragon. Desiree serves as a modern day muse based out of beautiful Northern California. She's worked as a trainer, a consultant and senior level executive back when she was in the corporate world. She has an uncanny ability to pick up on subtle nuances which allow her to quickly show clients fast changes that they can make to manifest bliss in their lives. And it's always been easy for her to lift up others so that they can fully see and maximize their potential in individual, group and large event settings. She's also been a featured speaker at retreats and workshops for audiences in Asia, Canada, Costa Rica, throughout the United States and now of course on Speaker Success Podcast. Now on today's show, Desiree is going to share who are the top sought after speakers. She's also got some statistics she's going to share with us. She's going to share too what needs to be done in order for women to gain more visibility in the speaking space. She's going to talk about why it's important for women, that's you, uh, to be recognized as experts as well as what it takes for someone to be identified as an expert. So much to cover, so much great content. Welcome to the show, Desiree. Thank you, Anne-Marie, and it's wonderful to be here with an expert on podcasting, something that we all enjoy listening to when we're commuting and traveling long distances. I'm so glad you do this important work. Oh, thank you. Let's dive in. Top sought after speakers. You're going to also share some statistics, but one of the things that we conversed before we pressed record was the sad fact that when we compare men speakers and on the speaking circuit versus women, the numbers are just not you know, sharing that women are there on the stages sharing their expertise, which is really sad. So we're going to share some things, you are, about how we can change that. But who are the top sought after speakers? Let's cover that first. Wow, such an amazing question, right? Our top sought-after speakers are people who are considered thought leaders in their fields of expertise. We know that traditionally, back in the day, it might have been CEOs or athletes or other people who had notable celebrity recognition and or maybe they had the money to market themselves in a big way. Today, though, in social media, where we have forums like podcasting, YouTube, TED Talks and the like, we're finding that thought leaders are coming from the underground, so to speak. They're coming from all different directions, people with messages that have an impact. And we recognize that our thought leaders are people who are considered having a strong, visible expertise in an area and people seeking out that expertise or that wisdom in order to be able to accomplish whatever their goals or dreams might be. The good news for us is that this new world of social media makes thought leaders more available to the public at large. So that's good news, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Yes, absolutely. One of the things that um, I know that you wanted to share, some statistics. What are those statistics? Uh, because I think um, once we really see what's happening in the marketplace at the moment, then we can make some changes, some significant changes to increase the numbers of women who are on uh, the circuits, speaking circuits, and of course, really sharing their expertise. So what are those numbers? Yeah, if I can be so bold as to take a step back and say, you know, on Facebook today, I saw somebody post something that said, I'm no longer going to accept the things I cannot change. Instead, I'm going to change the things I cannot accept. Yes. These statistics are representative of that kind of change, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What we've found is if you do surveys right now and you look up top 50 business speakers, uh, data shows us that the top 50 business speakers of 2017-2018, 11 out of the 50 are women, which means that only 22% of the top business speakers are female. And sadly, like you said, that extends not just in business speakers, but leadership speakers mm -hmm. and motivational speakers as well. Where are the women? It's no surprise that technology sector is even lower. In the technology sector, we find that eight out of 50 are female which means that only 16% are represented on these stages of recognized thought leaders, recognized experts in these industries of leadership, motivation, business, and technology. We need our women to be more public and we cannot accept 22% as being a reasonable uh, representation of the workforce. Mm -hmm. The workforce has way more than 20%. Why is it that there's such a small number represented on our stages? Yeah, that is a great question. Why is it? Let's dive into that. I mean, women across the world have been trying to get more visibility and still, as those statistics has demonstrated, the numbers are quite low. So what are some of the reasons that you see uh, are, are supporting the fact that more men or more less women are getting up on those stages and what are some of the things that we can do about this? Wow, okay, lots of questions in that, right? First thing is, is I think historically there's just an unconscious or subconscious gender bias, mm -hmm. right? If you think about a college professor or a doctor or even an athlete, we may talk about that person generically and we use the word he. He uh, is going to be my physician or, um, oh, who was he that met you at the door for that athletic game? Or who was the college uh, professor? What did he say? Right. I did it just the other day when I said, oh, um, what was his name to my daughter about somebody that she met? And my daughter goes, mom, it was a woman. And of course it was. Right. Um, so yeah. there's this unconscious or subconscious bias that just exists in different cultures that suggests that men are the experts and women are not, mm. okay? And then I think that there is an upbringing, personally, I guess I can speak it for my culture, but I've heard from many people in the work that I've done with my creatives and messengers, where they say that they just have this block that they think that they're boasting or that they are um, in some way stepping out of alignment with what they've been raised to do culturally if they begin to talk about themselves as an expert. They believe it that being an expert somehow is equal to being a know-it-all. Yeah. And women are instinctively collaborative. We engage in dialogue. We bring people into the discussion. And so stepping forward and saying, hey, I'm an expert on this, doesn't mean that we stop being powerful women who are collaborative. Mm -hmm. It does mean, though, that we sometimes shut ourselves down. We hold back because we're afraid that it's not humble or appropriate for what our maybe societal expectations 
expectations may have been up until now. Yes. It's interesting that you should say that because I think when you speak to some men, they would not even begin to believe that by not sharing their message and stepping up and putting their name forward, that they would be anything but. So what are some things then, if we're talking about those unconscious biases and if someone is listening or watching today and thinking, yep, that's something that I heard growing up and it tends to be the stumbling block or barrier that has her put forward her bio or, or information to be considered, what are some of the things that you work with with your clients to help them really cut through that, shatter that belief that uh, is really not supporting them at all? Yeah, so one of the things I'm most excited about is a project that I'm working on with Women Speakers Association um, called the Top Women Experts. And these Top 100 Women Experts project is something that I'm very excited to be with because it's an outside external recognition of our expertise. Mm. And I think being able to be recognized by a, a group or association that sees me for what I can offer, what I can deliver, and what I can bring to the world is pretty powerful, mm. right? So a formal recognition in some way is definitely one tip or trick. Another thing that we're able to do, uh, aside from formal external recognition, is to be able to just look at our own resumes, look at our past work history. Even if you're younger or newer in the workforce, you can take a step back and you can start to see very quickly, what have people just always come to you for? Mm. And if you can start thinking about when your friends call you after a long day or when you gather people into your home, what are they asking you about? I guarantee you that you can very quickly begin to see that you have an inherent expertise that probably matches what you've been doing for your work or how you've earned income or maybe how you've taken care of the family. And it's about bringing those things together and being either able to be recognized externally and or at least naming it for yourself so mm. you can say it out loud when you meet people. This is my expertise and I'm proud of it. Yes. I think one of the things we need to address first is being able to recognize that ourselves and not from an arrogant point of view, but from a respectful point of view, because many of us have been studying and done certifications and the experience. There's wealth and depth to that, that if we don't recognize that, it's going to be very hard for us to confidently communicate that. And one of the things that I'll often say, and I'm sure that you speak into this too, but that by not sharing our message, our ideal client who we can support with our message and with our content and our expertise is going to remain stuck because we're not there sharing that, that message. What would you just say to someone then who has heard this? And then this is something that I often hear as well, is that as women, what we can tend to do is look at what other women are doing, maybe in a similar industry, but we put on that comparison hat or the comparison syndrome where we negate what we do have in experience and, and qualifications because we're looking at what other people are doing, what she's achieving and so forth as well. Share a little bit about this because I think this is also an, a barrier that many women can struggle with. Yeah, and I cannot say enough about this because I lived it in my own career too, right? That um, particularly when I was out as an independent, I was looking for other people who were coaches and then I met them and I think, oh my gosh, these coaches, these consultants, they're amazing and I have nothing to offer. And as a matter of fact, I even went back to a corporate setting. I had kind of left for a short time and thought, oh, I'm going to work independently, met so many amazing people. I felt there was no space in the market for me and I went back into corporate. I, I, I've enjoyed my corporate career, but really it was that, that self-confidence issue that you're speaking to, that comparative mm. thing that women just inherently do. 
And my advice to it is to recognize that nobody has the same exact expert combo that you do. So for example, you just spoke, Anne-Marie, to this idea that we might have certifications or formal education or maybe even job experience that would call that would fall into like our knowledge and skills part of our combination. Mm. Our life stories, our traumatic events, our things that we say made us who we are, uh, that was only unique to maybe my parents, my siblings, my friends, my uh, education growing up, they are a part of my expert combination too. And then there's more. There's those things that we do naturally things that come so easy to us, we do it in our sleep. I have a, a, a dear loved one in my life who loves to cook, okay? Mm -hmm. I cannot get in the kitchen to save my life, okay? <laughs> I can maybe help her prep stuff, but they don't even give me sharp objects. But she loves to be in that kitchen. It's something that comes easy to her, and you find that she's a creative in general. She's an artist, and so she uses the art work of mixing things together and making them something new in every aspect of her life, you yeah. see? So we all have our own expert combination, our knowledge, our skills, our abilities, our gifts, what comes easy to us, mm -hmm. and then those things that um, over time have made up our life experiences. So no one has your special unique combination. Mm -hmm. There's only one Anne-Marie, there's only one of you. So even if there's 20 people who happen to be expert life coaches on the same topic of mindfulness, for example, there's only one you that yes. brings in the unique flavor and characteristics to your clients. That's correct. And I think another thing that many of us, once we realize, is that there's so much business and opportunities and ideal clients who uh, resonate with the experience that we create through the way that we deliver the content, our mannerisms, our style. And I think once we start to recognize that, we embrace it and bring that out with intention and everything we do say and share and how we're getting our content out there, then we find that that's when our message really starts to make uh, an impact. Let's talk about, I know we've touched on this already, but let's really emphasize this because I know people have been starting to think, well, maybe, just maybe, there is room for me as well to share my message. Yes, there is. But why, why would you say, let's summarize this, it's important for women to be recognized as experts. Why do you think that is? Yeah, it's important for women to be recognized as experts uh, because we're not. <laughs> We're currently not being recognized as experts. It's not an automatic assumption that people make that a woman would be an expert on the topic. Therefore, we have to yell it from the rooftops until it becomes an assumption that just like a man, a woman can be an expert as well, as well as anybody else who doesn't identify even with the gender. It doesn't matter. If you have an expertise, there is a time and a place for you to yell it from the rooftops. So mm -hmm. that's a piece of it. The second thing is, is when you are recognized as an expert, is it makes it easy for decision makers to hire you. So back in my corporate setting, if I was going to hire you, saying Anne-Marie is a podcast expert, here's her shows, here's what she's done, uh, here's her um, life story, whatever things I'm grabbing about you, it makes it more definable for my organization to invest in mm, you. Mm. So wherever I'm putting you in a public forum, I want to make sure that I have something. So it makes it easier for decision makers and then it gets you more opportunities, more doors open when you have that expert 
status. Yes. Something that I think really speaks into that and, and supports us in stepping forward in a very authentic way that, that just fits who we are is often we'll assume that we have to put on a mask and be like whoever it is that, that we admire. But something that you said, our unique gifts and strengths and, and talents and our mannerisms, speak a bit more into that because by stepping out, as you said, we need to be more intentional we don't have to put on a mask or something that feels uncomfortable for us, but we get very intentional on what makes us unique because that's going to cut through the noise. Speak into that because I think sometimes women have to uh, give themselves permission to just be themselves and authentic in how they bring their message across, yes? Yes, I can't tell you the number of times that this comes across in different conversations that we have. Even today, I was on the phone with somebody who has a very unique skill set. It's in the field of succession planning, right? And we were talking about how um, she knows that she can help businesses to get new uh, opportunities to maybe have the owner step away from the business and have somebody else step into it so they can start living a life of retirement or living a life that has more travel or more freedom in it, but they oftentimes don't know how to do it. Well, this woman was clear that she knows succession planning. She was clear that she knows speaking, but she became really unclear and muddy about how to put her message and her story out there. Mm. And this is where our unique combination comes into play. You see, she had her own story about how she needed to adjust from being in the environment that she was to the environment that she was moving to and how thinking in advance and making the preparation of who would take over for her would be the very thing that was going to help her to get to where she needed to go to next. Mm. It was her story that was actually going to help her to accomplish finding the clients that she needed. Is she an expert? Yes, she was an expert either way. But yeah. it's the flavor of the story, the unique combination she brings that's going to help people find her and want to work with her. Yes. And that means also, by the way, that sometimes you're going to rule people out. So you're going to be an expert if you're going to attract the right people to you. It also means you should be repelling people who aren't looking for the unique flavor that you have to offer. And I think women are afraid yes. to be unlikable. Yeah. But I want you. I, what was that, Steve? This is another Facebook thing I saw. Um, Steve Jobs saying, hey, if you want to be a likable leader, uh, get out of leadership and sell ice cream. <laughs> right? If you want everybody to like you, sell ice cream. Yeah. But if you're willing to do the work for your clients that's unique to your special combination of expertise, mm -hmm. then be willing to have some people repelled by it and others to joyfully come into you. Yes, so true because so often you hear women as, even if they're speaking in, an, um, in a meeting environment around the boardroom table, they may say things, well, I don't really want to interrupt or I don't want to bother or we kind of preempt our conversation. If we've got a statement, we know it to be true and you've had years and decades of you know practical experience you don't need to apologize just to say that just state that because some someone around that table may be waiting for you to do that and I think how we approach the way in which we speak and stand up and position ourselves is going to determine very much whether someone will take a step back and listen speak into that because I think this that really just um as an area that many women struggle with as well, they almost feel like they have to apologize to even speak well, before they speak. Is that something that you find as well? Yes, more than you know. As a matter of fact, back in my leadership days, uh, having difficult or 
mastering conversations that people felt like were hard to step into was one mm. of my favorite topics because we don't even want to get into the conversation because we don't want to cause a conflict. We don't want to cause a rift. We want to make sure that everybody's agreeable. We want to make sure we're saying the right thing. Even today, I, having taught many of those programs, I still sometimes find myself hesitant about making sure, did I get the points that I wanted to make? Did I say what they needed to hear? Did I answer Anne Marie's questions thoroughly, right? So one of the number one things I have to that is we need to really learn to give ourselves a break mm. because if we're going to lean in, it means that sometimes somebody's going to say, hey, I didn't want to hear it or that wasn't appropriate or not today. And we need to be okay with that. It is worth the risk to go ahead and step forward, step up to the table, claim our expertise and have somebody say, you're no expert. I know more than you. Fantastic. I'd love to learn from you. And I mm. still claim my expertise, yes. right? Somebody can know more than me. Somebody else can know less than me, but I'm willing to step in and I'm not going to feel embarrassed about sharing who I am, about going public with it, about being visible with it. And as long as I'm willing to have, I guess what we call those moments of vulnerability, mm. right? As long as we're willing to have those, we can step into our expertise more and more. I think one of the things that I've learned over the years about that unconscious bias towards men is because men are sort of thought to be believed as experts mm -hmm. from their early stages, they're not internally crafted with the same level of self-doubt. Yes. So what we have to do is we have to act as if. We have to act as if we've always had that confidence programmed into us, mm -hmm. and we're going to behave confidently. And when something kind of throws us back a little bit, we're not going to be shamed by it. We're going to stand up and say, oh, wow, you're just teaching me something new, and I'm always happy to be in a learner mindset but I can still be an expert too. Yes. As you're sharing that, I'm reminded of a story I heard a while ago, and this, and it's something that I hear quite often in the workplace and corporate where there may be a role, that an internal role, and there's a list of 10 different things, and men will look at that and think, oh, yeah, I've got about six out of you know those 10 things. A woman might have eight or nine and think, oh, I don't really have experience in that one thing. And, and this actually happened to someone, and they approached her, the senior leader approached her, and said we're waiting for you to submit your your CV and she said oh I didn't think that this would be suitable he said we actually created this role with you in mind so hurry up and get your your document in there how often do we take ourselves out of the running and why I share that is because when we do want to then position ourselves as an expert and submit you know for speaking opportunities, there is going to be that word competition. I like to think of collaboration as the new competition. However, there is going to be the steps that we need to take to get our content out there, to be visible, to be consistent in the message that we are sharing. It's just part and course of what is required to really build that expert status. Let's, let's yes. bookend this. What are some things that you know, bullet points that we need to start doing so that we can be identified as the experts that we can already see in the other person but what they need to recognize themselves? What are some of those things? Well, I'm going to start with the observation that you just made. Number one is if you have even five of the ten, if you have three of the ten, is recognize the three things you do have, not the seven things you don't. Okay, so the first thing is to acknowledge that whatever your knowledge, skills, life experience, natural gifts are, know your own expert combination. 
The second thing is look for external recognition in some way. Obviously, I'm excited about the top 100 women experts, but you can go to other sources to have your expertise acknowledged. So find a source that's going to acknowledge your expertise and, and what you've worked hard to gain and earn um, or just know naturally over these years. And the third bullet point I have for you is scream it from the rooftops. Don't be ashamed. You can be humble, respectful, kind, loving, and a and a loud, shouting, joyful expert in wherever your expertise is. And remember, there can be others just like you. You still get to shout at yours from the rooftops. Yes, I love those bullet points and everything that you shared today. I think it doesn't matter at what level or how many years experience you have. If we're not careful, we can always have those little seeds of doubt where, oh, am I really going to provide uh, value? But if you're asking that question, let us both say, Desiree and myself, yes, you have got value. Go and share it. Before we end, let's just share a little bit more. I know that you've already hinted about the top 100 experts. Share a little bit more and then give the best URL, the best way to connect with you to find out more about them, that very special project I know that you're collaborating with WSA on. Yeah, so again, at Women Speakers Association, we do get a lot of folks who come to us and say, who are your experts and where can I find these wonderful thought leaders? And so we have a collaborative directory project going on that's a marketing opportunity where it's a year-long marketing experience where people can come in, they can be a part of this directory, and what they're going to do is they're going to get visibility and recognition for their expertise. So those who are, they apply into the process, and then those who are vetted and um, able to be identified into the 2019 top 100 women expert directory, they'll be able to claim themselves as a top 100 women expert for the year of 2019 and beyond. We hope to do this year after year. So I'm super excited. This is our inaugural edition. And you can find out more at topwomenexperts.com. Again, that's topwomenexperts.com. Fabulous. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, sharing more about this wonderful project and, of course, the insights that you shared because, as you mentioned at the beginning of the show, there are so many women who have got incredible experience, a wealth and depth of knowledge that they've gained through many years of uh, you know boots on the ground, just really developing that skill set, yet not recognized for the expertise and the experts that they are, and uh, this certainly will, will support them. So thanks once again for coming on the show. Anne-Marie, thank you so much for having me, and you really are an amazing interviewer, and I'm so glad to have this opportunity to have the back and forth exchange with you. Thanks for using your top talent expertise with me. Thank you. You've been listening to Speaker Success Podcast, brought to you by Women Speakers Association. If you're ready to share your message in a bigger way so you can build a thriving business, get your free Speaker Success Plan at SpeakerSuccessGift.com.